It still restores. It still renews. Hallelujah. The presence is a beautiful thing in this place. I said it's a beautiful presence in this place. It may not be what's normal, but it's what's acceptable in this place right now. And it's the presence of God. It may not be what we're used to seeing and having and experiencing, but it's the presence of God that we feel in this place that makes everything worth it all. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the last time that this, this happened, it was just pastor gone. But God has blessed this church where we can step in and that they can all step away if they need food for a little bit and we can cover it and take up that gap for them. God has blessed this place immensely. And the Holy Ghost is still here. If it's 60 or it's 6, the Lord can be in the middle of it. Amen. That's what I long for. It's what I long for all day long is that his presence would meet with us here. That he would reach out to us at this time and this place. That we can come in here no matter what's going on out there. And we can feel his presence in this place. And that we can bask in his presence because it is the presence of God that we seek after. It's not the prettiness of everything, but it's the presence of God. That's what changes things. It's the blood of God that changes our life and changes our situations. It's His presence. That's all I wanted was His presence here. If I could feel His presence and have a move in my spirit every time I walk through these doors, I know I'm going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay. Because I know that he still loves me and he still cares about me. No matter what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through. Hallelujah. We have a God that loves us. There's a God that loves you. You don't forget it. There's a God that loves you. He's going to love you when you step out these doors. He's going to love you when you go to work. He's going to love you whatever situation you're in. Amen. And I'm grateful that we have this church, that I have this church to come to. I'm grateful for you beautiful people that are here in this church. And all the ones that are gone and ones that are traveling, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that we have this place. It's a beautiful place. And I'm just, I'm just happy that I have a beautiful place to come to and experience the presence of God. Don't ever take that for granted. Amen. I'm not going to be long tonight. I do believe I have something a little bit for all of us. And I just pray that I can encourage or edify, teach, and, and preach for somebody. I just love what I'm feeling in this house. And I just think it's so awesome that, you know, so many people stepped up and and just, you know, filled in so beautifully in this place. Yeah. Amen. I'm 
sure a little nerve-wracking for a, a lot of them, and uh, but they did so well, yes. and I'm, I'm, I just love the beautiful presence of the Lord. All it takes is a little bit. Amen. 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 I got two passages I'm going to read from. First will be Exodus chapter 12, and then I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 5. Exodus chapter 12. A little backstory: The children of Israel, this is the last plague that's to pass through the land. It's the plague of the angel of death moving through. And the Lord gives them a series of of commandments, things that they must partake in. They must kill the sacrificial lamb and partake in all of it. And they must have the blood applied to their residents, the doorposts. Um, they must remove leaven from their house. They must remove all leaven from their house for seven days. These distinctive rules that God has placed upon them. And I, I'm just... I was just uh, lately studying this, these verses and studying this passage, um, and it just, it just wouldn't let, let go of, of what it kept speaking to me in, at these times and these places. So, and to get started here, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel. And go and serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said. And be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of the silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And I want to preach and teach a little bit tonight on this subject, leaving in a hurry. Leaving in a hurry. Can we pray? Jesus, in your name, your precious name, I thank you for visiting with us here tonight. I thank you for your presence here tonight, O oh God, and I worship you and I magnify you. Let your spirit move and let the people be edified. Let us learn of you, O oh God, in this time and age, O oh God, and let us learn 
all we can from you and of you. Jesus, we praise you and we love you. And everybody said, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Isaiah 28, 9, Isaiah speaking says, Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? It's them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is still the rest. This presence that we feel is still the rest where the weary can rest. This is still what we want to feel and experience. But it said, yet they would not hear. And it said, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Isaiah was dealing with a rebellious nation. He was dealing with those that did not want to hear what he had to say. In this passage, we know it's a prophetic passage, but it's also one where they were mocking him, saying, who do you think you are to teach us knowledge? And, and who do you think you are to to talk to us this way, are we just little children? Because they would mock and say precept is upon precept and line upon line. And he said, yes, it's got to be precept upon precept. It cannot be one fell swoop and everything is taken care of. It cannot be one lesson and everything is done. It takes time and it takes patience to learn from the Lord and learn of the Lord. It is not over and done in one time. That's why we come here on a weekly basis. That's why we come to learn what we can as often as we can. Because it is precept upon precept, line upon line. We've recently begun to teach our son and have him memorize the books of the Bible. I remember doing this as a young person, learning the books of the Bible. And he would learn a few. And then he would, he would miss the last ones. And he just could not understand how he couldn't memorize them all at one time. And it's because he's trying to learn a little bit at a time. And he's trying to gain this knowledge a little bit at a time. And he's getting it. But yet frustration still comes. I can't get it all at one time and so I'm frustrated. I can't get this all and figure it all out. And I make mistakes and I get frustrated. That's the life we live in. Where everything doesn't happen perfectly. And everything doesn't happen just the way we want to. And we're striving and we're trying but we don't do it perfect every time. And God's trying to be patient. And he's trying to lift us up during these times where we're beating ourselves up. And we say, God will tell us, no, you just, you just keep trying. You just keep trying. Sometimes we beat ourselves up so badly. Way more than God ever does. Way more than anyone else ever does. We tear ourselves down more than anything. And God's trying to say, be okay with what you're learning right now. But don't stop learning. And this life in Christ is not a 100-meter dash. This is a cross-country race. This is an Ironman competition. There is a constant run. There's sometimes we got to tread out into deeper water and swim a little bit. But this is how we're supposed to live it. 
It's line upon line. It is precept upon precept. You're trying to race through your situation as fast as you can oftentimes, but God is trying to teach you along the way. We want this done. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right. And I want to get through this situation just as fast as I can. There is beauty in the trial. There is beautiful times. See, in my trial, what I did is I, I cut aside everything that was unimportant in my situation. And I pulled in the core. I had my family. I said, this is a beautiful thing that I have here. This is the important things. It's the presence of God that I have. It's the relationship with God. There's times in our situation in our life that that's what we hold to in these trials. And we sometimes get in such a rush to get through the trial that we're missing what God's trying to teach us in the middle of it. And we try to get through and we cry out because we're not learning. And so God brings it upon us again and we just don't understand. And if we would just learn what God's trying to teach us in the middle of our situation, in the middle of our trial, we're going to be better for it. We will come out tried and pure as gold. You cannot rush through these things. And it is not comfortable. I understand that. But the situation that you're in is for a purpose. And God's trying to show you and build your faith in the situation. Romans 8, 28, we hear it all. We know that all things work together for the good. And pastor said it many times, not everything is good, but it works for your good. Your situation is working for your good. You may not see how, but God knows and God is in control of your situation. He's in control of your circumstance. In Hosea chapter 4, in verse 6, he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Destroyed here is from an old Hebrew. It means dumb or silent or just cease to be. It means my people are destroyed or they, they lack any ability to make a change in their situation because they lack knowledge. They don't understand how to react in their situation. They don't know how to react to these things. And they're being destroyed for it. Another translation says, my people are destroyed because they do not know me. They haven't taken the time to learn about me and learn how I work. It's not a series of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. It's a series of things that I'm teaching you to protect you that you learn. But these people, they were destroyed. They didn't want the rules. In, in Isaiah, we know they didn't want the rules. They didn't want the precepts. They didn't want the, the change that was coming because it was uncomfortable. It was only rules. It wasn't, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. In Matthew 7 and 19, it says, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This was never a relationship. These were outward works. These were outward displays of things that wasn't a relationship it wasn't a knowledge of the divine, a knowledge of the God that we serve. It was 
I, all I know is, is what I see and what I do, but it's not what I have on the inside. We need an inward relationship. It is never outward display. That comes after the inward relationship. True loving relationship requires an ever-increasing knowledge of the one you love. It should be a growth. It should be something that you're passionate about, that I'm going to seek after more of the Lord. I'm trying to learn more about the God that I love. I'm not content just knowing what I know or content to just knowing what I know on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. It's an everyday event where I'm trying to learn more about the God I serve. I recently started a, a Bible reading challenge to try to finish it in a year. And I started and I'm doing good, and, but it is in a year. So a lot of things happen in a year. And so a new one came along where I can read it in 90 days. And I thought maybe that was more probable to do it in 90 days. But I started both of them. And each time I would go through and start in Genesis. So I, I've been reading Genesis twice and Exodus twice. And I'm being drawn to these stories in the Old, Old Testament in Genesis and Exodus because I feel they're so relevant to today, to right now. The days of Noah, as Jesus said, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. What we can experience and glean from the days of Noah was that iniquity was abounding in the days of Noah. And what we see now is iniquity abounding. And we have to be careful that when iniquity abounds in our life that our love is not growing cold. And we are surrounded by iniquity, and it sometimes creeps its way into the church and through people, but we cannot let our love go cold. And I'm drawn to these stories because these stories are relevant. They are right now. They are talking about bondage in Egypt in a place of pure evil where we're surrounded. And sometimes it feels like we're in bondage to this world. We're bound to it. And we have to listen to the conversations and we have to be around the evil that we're around all the time. And that's why these stories are so critical. And that's why knowing them and reading them and learning from them is critical. And I read this passage in all the chaos that, that the children of God were into and all the, the wrongs that they had to suffer and all the things that they were dealing with and the screams and cries at night of all these dead and the fear and the chaos. And it spoke to one passage that I just could not wrap my head around. It was talking about bread. Why in the middle of all this chaos should we be concerned about bread that they had, that they were running with? They should just be happy that they're getting away. But God does not do things by coincidence. He puts it in there for a reason. The Bible said the Egyptians were urgent upon the people and they might send them out of the land in haste. And they said, we, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened and their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes and upon their shoulders. And I began to try to really pray and seek after God's word for this. I began to study what, what it meant by this leaven that was in, in their houses that they had to remove from their lives for seven days. They needed the blood applied one day. They needed to finish the sacrifice one time. But the leaven was needed out of their house for seven days. It was something on a continual basis. Even after 
the angel, the Passover happened, they had to keep that leaven out of their house. And I began to study what leaven was. We know it is yeast. It's a fungus that feeds on sugar. And it produces fermentation or alcohol and carbon dioxide. It produces a gas. That's why the dough would begin to rise. Begins to fill up. And that's why it would take and lose its sweetness and its pleasant flavor and would take on a sour flavor or the sourdough that we know. And it's this leaven that I was just dealing with. Like, what is such a big deal with this leaven? We, we all eat bread. We all know how good it tastes. And we know that it rises. And, and it just, it began to just deal in my spirit, in my heart. And I had to find out. I had to find out what it meant. And then we know Jesus in Luke 12 says, In the meantime, when they were gathered together, a numerous multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear and closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And Paul to the Corinthians says, your glorying is not good, you're boasting. Know ye not that the little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And then Paul to the Galatians said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven of hypocrisy, a little leaven of pride, and a little leaven of ignorance or lack of knowledge grows and becomes something we do not want it to become. Because we take our own word for it. We take what we understand of it, and we learn, and we learn incorrectly. Leaven was an outside contamination that changed or corrupted the purity of the bread. God told them to remove the impurity from your house because there is a chance of contamination. So Luke 8 and 14, And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. This is Jesus talking about the cares of this life. That sometimes we can bring stuff into our homes. That begins to contaminate what we're trying to do for God and the knowledge that we're trying to gain from the Lord. There are things that will distract. They're not always wrong contaminants. There are things that have some beneficial things, but if they're detracting from the knowledge we're trying to gain from the Lord, there are unneeded contaminants in our homes. Paul in Galatians, he talks of the works of the flesh. We know another thing that we know that in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. We understand these. We understand that in me. But he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness. We all understand these things. But he said in Galatians chapter 5 at the beginning if we live in the Spirit, 
let us walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, and it is an if, we have to live this. And it starts living it in the house first. We start living it there first before we can ever walk in it. We have to live in our homes in the Spirit. We have to take it and ingest it. It has to become a part of us. We receive what we can from here first, but it's what we do when we go home. We receive our instruction here, but it's what we do when we go home. It's what we do in the privacy of our homes that makes a difference in how we walk in the spirit. It's the study. It's the knowing our God. It's the knowing him well. It's not taking for granted what we think we know, but it's digging in and knowing for a certain what are God's requiring of us? The Berean church was more noble than Thessalonica. Why? Because when they heard the preaching, they went and they studied it. They went and sought after it for themselves. What I see sometimes amiss is there's a lack of a, a true wanting to desire knowledge after the things of God. I know enough. I come here. There is no way... That pastor can reach and teach about every aspect of the Bible Wednesday, Sunday, and Sunday night. There is no way. There is no way we're ever going to learn the things that we need to know by just coming for those services. It's something that we have to take on. We cannot be just people that are, are I've said it before, you sometimes belly up to the feed trough. We come and we get fed and we get fed and we get fed, but we never take and use it. We never build up and build up ourselves that we can go and be used ourselves. We just fill up our, our earthen vessels, but we never empty them out. And in order to empty those out, we have to know something about the word of God. We've got to know how to speak to people about the things of God. We have to make it a constant effort on our part. said the Israelites were in such a hurry to leave that they didn't have time to leaven the bread. And it didn't have time to be leavened. What I've learned about leaven is that it can also come through the air. The Bible said they wrapped it up. They wrapped up the leaven. They wrapped it up, or they wrapped up the bread so that leaven couldn't get in. And it's interesting because leaven can come through the air. It can come through the air so easy. And we can let it in. I've seen couples sitting across the table from each other at restaurants and they're doing this. They're not talking. They're not communicating. They're doing nothing but staring at their phones. And I'm like, how long is this relationship going to last? How long is this marriage going to last? And who knows what else they're, they're looking at on these things. There is a leaven that gets in and what it does is it steals. It robs. You know what? Leaven gets in the bread and it looks good. It swells up, but there's emptiness in it. It just leaves voids and gaps and holes. And there is nothing in there of substance. And the bread becomes easy to break and it falls apart. We cannot let the leaven into our homes. We cannot let this world creep in. And what it's doing, it creeps in slowly. It is little foxes that spoil the vine. It's a little sleep. It's a little letting your guard down and letting your kids look at things you don't even know what they're doing. 
And you just let them wander through this internet and this world of corruption. And it creeps in. And it creeps in easy. You think you're watching maybe a preaching video on YouTube, but you have to filter through all the other junk in there to get to it. There is filth. And it creeps in, and it just takes one look to stop. One look to pause. And then you're already captured. We have to be vigilant. This, the devil controls this world. He controls everything that's going out. Every entertainment, every aspect of it is controlled by the devil. He's trying to get to your children. He's trying to get to your homes and to your lives. He's trying to get to your, your devotion with the Lord. He's trying to get to your prayer life. He's trying to get to your reading of the word. There is so quickly anything else will take the place of our prayer life. Anything else will take the place of our devotion. Anything else. And if we're not careful, we'll just okay it one little step at a time. We'll okay it. And we don't understand how bad things have gotten in our homes until it's too late. We are all guilty in some way, shape, or form of taking part in these things. It is easier. It is easier to watch a preaching video than to actually spend time in prayer to our God. It is easier to let someone else give us a word, but we can't give a word to somebody else. It is easier. But this thing is not about easy, it's about right. My mom a long time ago said, I don't, I don't care if people don't like it. I don't care if they do like it. Whatever you do, you do what's right. You choose and you know what's right and you do what's right. And I've lived my life by that. And I'm going to speak to things that are wrong. And we have let things creep in that have robbed us. I'm not trying to browbeat you. I'm saying we're robbing ourselves of a relationship with God and a close walk with God. We're robbing ourselves of what God's trying to do in our life. And we don't understand why we keep failing and we keep failing and we keep needing the victory because we keep letting our guard down. And we say, I can't handle this. When nobody else has been able to handle it, but for some reason, I can handle it. You cannot handle it. The devil has spent thousands of years to perfect how to get our attention and grab it. And if we allow it, and if we don't just shut it down and say, I don't feel right about this. I don't feel good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in just a minute, but I gotta, I'm going to finish this video, and then another video, and then, oh, it's too late to go pray now. i got to go to bed. i got to get up to work. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And trials and situations in our life will try to come against us and just wear us down where we feel like, I just need to numb my mind for a little bit. I just need to check out for a little bit. So I'm going to watch this so I don't have to think. So I don't have to dwell on the situation that I'm in. The devil's just robbing us one little video at a time. He's robbing from us our relationship with God one little video at a time. 
In Romans 8 and 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot, cannot please God. We have to walk in this. We have to walk in this. But in order to walk in this, we must first live in it. We must live in the Spirit. We must live in the fruit of the Spirit. And in order to live there, we have to change some things in our life. And we have to get right and get our devotions and our times right. Let me give you an answer to it. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 8. This is Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And first and foremost, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be a frontlets between thine eyes. It is everything. Every waking moment, every time we lay down, every time we rise up should be Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, what can I do? What can I do for you? What can I learn of you? Jesus. It's everything. I'm trying to help somebody that's been battling over and over again. What you got to do is you got to set your priorities straight. You got to set them where they belong. It's not about... How I can please this flesh, but how I can know my God better. How can I love him better? Because if you'll do this, you'll find the true peace, the true fulfillment that you're looking for. You'll find the true rest wherewith the weary can rest. Galatians chapter 5. I keep coming back to that. He said, if we live in the Spirit, then we can walk in the Spirit. And in Galatians 5 and 6, he said, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So why? So that you cannot do the things that you would. If we are not walking in the Spirit, we are not going to be able to fulfill the things that God has for us. Fulfill the things that God wants for us. And we cannot obtain or, or, or show somebody the way if we are not walking in it. And I'm closing. The Israelites had light in their dwellings during the plague of darkness. They had blood upon, applied to their dwellings. And they had contamination-free homes of the leaven of this world in it. They had to purge those things out to be complete. It was not enough just to have the blood applied. It was not enough just to have light in their dwellings. They had to have a purging of the old leaven from their life. 
Now, I felt the Holy Ghost in this message. I feel we are living in a time of ease. The Bible says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. We're at ease. We pick things up so easy, and we, if it's a little bit difficult or complicated or hard, we'll set it down. I want something easy. Preach me an easy message. Preach me something that gets me excited, but I leave no different than when I came in. We can all stand. I'm trying to help somebody. If you're tired of battling so many things in your life, I, I, I would say check what's in your life. If you're tired of failing and feeling horrible so often, I say check what's in your life. Check what priorities are in your life. Check what things you've allowed in your life that have taken full control of your, your attention and your time. If it's not the things of God, especially in today's day and hour, get rid of it. If it's pulling away from your time with the Lord, if it's pulling away from, I'm not talking about your job, we must work. Those are things that we have to do. But in this day and age with our families that are lost and my brothers are lost, and, and I have people that I need to reach to and pray for. I don't have time to sit there and just bask in, in mind-numbing activities. There is a real lost and dying world, and it is wrapping up very closely. This is the days of Noah right now. It's lawlessness. It's iniquity. It's lawless. They don't, nobody abides by rules. Everything is okay. Everything is fine. When everything is okay, there is nothing wrong. And that's a dangerous place to be in. That is lawlessness. And we got to look up and we got to have our eyes focused where it needs to be. And I'm opening these altars just as a, as a blanket altar. Just say, God, even if it's just to come and say, God, if I have anything that I'm not aware of, that I need, that has been distracting me, most of us probably know already. But if there's something, if you would just come and begin to say, God, I need to check myself. I need to check my situation, check my heart, because I want to be right. And I want to be right with you. And I want to lead my family. And I want to reach out to this world and encourage and lift up. There's a very real God that we serve. And there's a very real end coming for this world. And we cannot afford to be negligent in what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Can we love him? Can we praise him for a little bit? Can we seek after his truth and his real? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.